It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 85. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're now into football game week for the Golden Gophers, and it's our pleasure to welcome back to our Go Gopher Podcast, the athletic director of Gopher Athletics, Mr. Mark Coyle. We'll preview the upcoming Gopher football season and other seasons. We'll talk conference expansion, television contract money, name, image, and likeness, and we'll find out how serious he was about pursuing the U.S. USC athletic director's job. Hint, he says he was not pursuing that job, contrary to some media reports. We have a lot to discuss with University of Minnesota athletic director Mark Coyle coming up on episode number 85. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also a big sponsor of our Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the entire state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. We're also thrilled that Cub Foods has joined the podcast is a major sponsor as we get rolling with football season. Use Cub as your source for tailgating at Gopher football games all year long. Cub is a proud and loyal supporter of Gopher Athletics. I'm thrilled they're with us here on the Go Gopher podcast as the official grocer of Gopher Athletics. Find their weekly specials at Cub.com. The Go Gopher podcast is also now sponsored by Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis, right next door to campus. A great vibe, great craft beer, and much more. We're going to have a live show with them in October. More news to come on that. If you haven't been to Head Flyer Brewing, please make a point to do so. Another new sponsor is Caldera Lab. Great skincare products for men. Because they love the Gophers, any Go Gopher podcast listener can join me when ordering and get 20% off by using the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D. Find out more at calderalab.com. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 85 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so. You can go back and listen to past Go Gopher podcast as well. Last week, for example, we had our annual reporters roundtable previewing the upcoming Gopher football season. It's still timely. Go back and enjoy the listen. This episode, we're talking with the man who oversees it all, Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle on episode 85 next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Welcome to episode 85. Mike Grimm with you, the Go Gopher podcast. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the podcast. I think this is your fourth official visit. Um, you will be our sole guest here in a great week on Game Week. Mark Coyle, the athletic director of the University of Minnesota. I say Game Week for football. It's Game Week for volleyball and soccer and cross country as well as we get going here as the academic year is set to kick off. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. And as you just noticed, an exciting time of year. I, I feel like it's Christmas week. You have all the teams uh, competing. It's 
great to see uh, our student athletes have a chance to showcase uh, their great talents and represent this great institution. So fun to, um, I think the coaches would prefer not, but um, I think fans and radio broadcasters, maybe not ADs, I liked that the Big Ten season's going to start week one. I, I'm sure coaches would say, hey, let's bring in a maybe a little lesser non-conference team to work some, you know, some things out. But uh, from an excitement level, this is the first game of the season in the Big Ten. It's a Thursday night. It's primetime, Fox TV, Gopher Radio Network, the whole thing. Yeah, you, you know what, Mike, because, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I love P.J. Fleck. And, and one of the things I love about P.J. is he never fusses who we're playing, when we play, and how we play, right? I mean, so he's excited about the opportunity to play Nebraska. Uh, it's a great way to kick off the Big Ten season. We have a brand new Commissioner Commissioner Petiti is actually going to be at the game, so our fans will have a chance to see Commissioner Petiti on Thursday night. As you mentioned, national TV, of course, on the Gopher Radio Network. So we're excited to get things started, and just so grateful for PJ, uh, his staff, and, and our student athletes, all the hard work they put. In. I've seen you a lot at practice during fall camp, and it's great for them to uh, have a chance to go out and compete against a really good Nebraska team. Yeah, it should be fun. You, as you mentioned, we've seen each other at practice a little. What is your your football guy? You played college football. What's your assessment of uh, what you see from this group? Well, you know, I, I think they work incredibly hard. Uh, I think we're talented. I mean, I think if you uh, look at practice, we look a lot different than we did eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think PJ and his staff have done a wonderful job of bringing young men that can compete on this campus academically, athletically, and socially. Those are the three things we talk about, and and they're doing great things there. And, and I know there's a lot of optimism. You know, there's no doubt uh, we have a, a tough, tough schedule. Anytime you got Ohio State, you got Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska. You start to name yeah. these teams: Michigan State, Illinois. I mean, you got you got a plan this year, right? A tough game at North Carolina, I think, in week three, Eastern Michigan coming here in week two. So we'll have our hands full, but I think PJ's excited about the opportunity and as he starts year seven to watch the continued growth of this program. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think you're right in terms of the the depth and there's now there's now when people graduate, um, you feel like the people waiting in the wings are are. I mean, you know, they'll they'll have their growing pains, but they're ready. Like they're physically ready. No and the, the COVID year, um, like some of these guys that will be playing maybe for the first time, probably should have been playing last year. Like they were ready last year, but with extra years of eligibility and everything, it um, so it's every they got pushed back a little bit, and that's probably good now when you look at it. Yeah, well, it allows you to mature. And, and as you know, selfishly, I feel like the Big Ten is one of the toughest conferences in the country, and so you have a chance to uh, mature your body, mature your wisdom, your knowledge and understanding of the game and, and develop under PJ and his staff. So there's no doubt those COVID years have helped a lot of student athletes. Yeah, no, no doubt. All right, volleyball is off to a 2-0 start as we tape. We're taping this podcast Monday morning. Uh, some people may be listening to this later in the week, but uh, the, the Tuesday night game, there'll be a Tuesday night match at the PAV with uh, the top-ranked Texas Longhorns, the defending champions, who I think got upset, I think, by Long Beach State to start the season. So should be a fun match Tuesday night as well. Yeah, no doubt. It'll be a rocking crowd, you know, and, and, and key Again, uh, you know, we hired a new coach. Keegan Cook came from Washington and had great success at Washington. And, you know, it's so great to, you know, Keegan, his wife, Sarah, and their their son, Oliver. You know, when you make that move, as you know, you made the move several years ago from St. Louis up here, right? It's just a transition. And then as he started, you know, we had two great showings in the Big 12, um, Big 10 Challenge, where we uh, had a chance to beat TCU on Friday night. Then we got Baylor on Saturday night, both really good teams. Uh, We dropped that first match uh, against uh, TCU, first set, set, and then came back and, and got both wins 
conference who are 2-0, and they're going to have a big, big opportunity with Texas this week. I think we head down to Florida this weekend for another tournament. So he's lining up. He's playing people. He has our team ready, and it's, it's be another exciting year of Gopher Volleyball. Yeah, and he's been on the podcast a couple times. He was our guest two weeks ago, so if people haven't heard it, it's still timely. There's still good info in terms of uh, you know his hopes and goals and how he runs a program. Very impressive guy, isn't he? He is incredibly cerebral, the exact yeah. opposite of me. I mean, he, he's a thinker. Uh, I really enjoy visiting with him. He thinks about so many different things, and as you, he just contemplates everything, and he's a thinker, and, and I really enjoy him, and, and he's been a great transition for our, for our student-athletes and our staff. And uh, as long as we're on the volleyball, how is Hugh McCutcheon, do you think, transferred into his role now with, with, uh, within the department, kind of helping other sports as well? Yeah, I appreciate you asking, and that's a great question. Hugh's done phenomenal work. I mean, he's uh, spent time with football with Coach I've Practice, I, I think yeah. people would be surprised. He and PJ have a really close relationship, and uh, Hughes had a chance to talk to our football student athletes and, and talk to them about training and development and growing and so forth. And he's worked with other coaches. He's worked. He's spent time with Ben Johnson. He spent time with uh, Coach Plitzewhite on the women's basketball side. So you know, Hughes is a great resource for us. You know, what, what I really appreciate about Hugh is he competed at the highest level, obviously in the Big Ten, but the Olympics and what he did at the Olympic level and the international level. So we feel really fortunate to have him working with our coaches and mentoring our coaches and spending time with them and being a sounding board for them and they can throw ideals off of each other and there's no doubt he'll continue to have a huge impact on all of our programs. And he was also on the podcast a little while ago in the middle of the summer and, and, and some good insight into terms of how you and he had the discussions about uh, him transitioning into this and I wonder now uh, it would be fun to see how as the season goes um, I'm guessing there'll be a part of him that's going to say man I, I kind of miss being on the bench but I bet there's a lot of him that's like it's nice being home on Tuesday at 3.30 in the afternoon to pick up the kids from school or what have well, you. Well no doubt you know the grind that they yeah. go through. I mean, it, it is a grind in all of our sports, and I have so much respect for our coaches and what they do across across the board. But, you know, I actually asked you that question uh, last week uh, as we were getting ready to, to start the season. I said, hey, are we doing okay, boss? As you know, I call everybody yes. boss, but I'm like, hey, boss, are we doing okay? You missing it or whatever? And I think there's parts of the game that he misses, but I do think he enjoys uh, not being caught up in the grinder uh, day in and day out 24-7. He doesn't have to worry about Texas on Tuesday night. He'll yeah. let Coach Cook worry about that. But, again, he's doing great work for us, and we're really excited to have him part of our Program. We're going to talk about name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal and other things because that is all part of it. There's so much more now on, on coaches' plates. You're recruiting uh, high school athletes. You're recruiting your own roster because they're you know hearing from other people at times, and we'll, we'll get into that um, later on in the podcast. But we want to talk about some specific things that you've been on the podcast many times. We've talked about different things, and we've always said, hey, we want to talk about expansion and the, and the new TV deal, and some of that's kicking in here. So um, this is a good time to do it. Before we get to though, so I, I got to ask you, um, your name uh, was uh, shown in a report a couple of weeks ago when uh, the athletic directorship at, at USC, it was open. They made a hire. They hired um, from Washington, um, Cohen, I forget. Jen Cohen. Jen, yeah. thank you. I forgot her, her first name. Uh, good hire. But your name was within the report that said you had been uh, contacted. So what uh, take us through what, what happened with that? Yeah, well, well, first off, Jen Cohen, uh, I've known Jen a long time. Uh, when I was out at Boise State, she was AD, uh, well, at the time. She was the number two percent Washington. She stepped into the AD role, and I think she was the AD at Washington for seven or eight years. And she's going to do a great, great job. And with our recent announcement of Washington coming into the Big yeah. Ten, I had a chance to talk with Jen during some of those transitional talks or what have you. So uh, UCA, USC's made a great hire with her, and she'll do a great, great job for the Trojans. But you know, as I share with you offline, you know, uh, I heard from the search firm USC. Uh, the, the the search firm that did their search reached out to me, and I explained our contract situation. I explained my family situations. You know, our youngest son. Ben Benjamin is a junior in high school and had no conversations with USC after that. You know, we feel very fortunate and blessed to be here at Minnesota. My wife has a great job at training 
how she uh, works in the athletic training room over at St. Thomas University with their student athletes. So we uh, we feel like Minnesota's home. It's been a great place for us, and we look forward to continuing to be here and leading this program. Yeah, so it was mostly the search firm reached out. Are you interested? You kind of gave the situation and that was that and then somehow your name shows up in the paper that uh, that that was that yeah and and, and as you know I, I can't control what people write a report yeah, right. and, and I, I can tell you you know president Edinger has been awesome uh, I really enjoy him coming on as our president and and uh, the very first time I met him uh, if you remember when that job first opened up uh, my name surfaced right away I think some people out in Southern California said hey they should look they at must Mark like Coyle. you yeah I, I don't know as you can tell I'm not very Californian right I'm not the beach type but but anyway uh, um, and President Edinger said, hey, you know, what, what's going on with USC? And, and I explained to him that, that we had no intention of going to USC. And as I shared with you, when the search firm reached out to me a few weeks ago, I explained again my contract situation in Minnesota. I've got a very fair and good contract here at Minnesota. I explained that our son's a junior in high school. And, and uh, again, this is home for us and, and had no more conversations with them. Did, uh, was Jen Cohen, did she steal your coach at Boise or was that the guy before? Uh, Jen did not steal the coach, but she was the deputy AD. Uh, so Scott Wood, who's now the athletic director uh, over at LSU. Uh, yeah. Scott uh, Scott was the AD at Washington. So uh, Jim was part of the contingency that came over and, and, and grabbed Chris Peterson. And, yeah. you know, I, I still talk to Chris a lot. He and I uh, had developed a really good relationship. I have a lot of respect for Chris. And, and he and I talked uh, last week uh, when Jim made the transition to USC and with them coming into, with Washington coming into the Big Ten, just kind of going through some of those things. And uh, he's an all-time great, but Jim was part of that group. So yeah. I do have a little hostility towards her. <laughs> she took uh, Chris Peterson, is he still planning to do TV again this year? Uh, I think he is doing TV. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does that that Fox Sports yeah. uh, pregame show. And and uh, again, he uh, if you ever have a chance to get him, we need to get him on this podcast yeah. sometime. He is the real deal. And um, I've learned so much from him. You know, I was you've heard me say this before, Mike. You're a product of your environment of how you grew up, right? And and uh, being with Chris, uh, my first AD job, and having a chance to be with him for a few years, I just learned so much from him on on the way to do things, how to do it the right way to do things. You hear me say all the time, low ego high output. That is from Chris Peterson, and I really embrace that mantra. And, and again, uh, he's, he's a good dude. we got to figure out how to get him on this podcast. Yeah, we'll let's do that sometime. I'd love to, for sure. And he, of course, got the Huskies turned around into the playoffs, and now they're a top 10-ish kind of team this year, it looks like. And um, so... Um, she got. She's staying in the in the conference in the Pac-12 for a year, and then she'll be in the Big Ten, yep, going from Big Washington 10, yep. to USC. So now that opens the uh, the Washington job as well. Um, all right. Well, let's get into some of our topics uh, that we want to hit on. And before we do that, I do want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, Affinity Plus, is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one right near campus here in Minneapolis. To learn more or find another way to connect, visit affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. We want to thank them for their support of Gopher Athletics overall and, of course, specifically to our Go Gopher podcast here, the great people at Affinity Plus. Let's talk expansion first. We knew about USC and UCLA, which I guess a year ago at this time was was in the news and oh my gosh how did that happen um and then we had always for 12 months kind of heard are they going to add two or four from the west coast will they you know do different things and then it seemed like it, i was at the big 10 football media days and everybody that i talked to that i thought might have an idea was like yeah no expansion's dead literally like three days later it's nope these two teams are now coming in 
Can you, I mean, I know you probably have some confidential info you can't give out, but how involved are athletic directors in these kind of things? Yeah, well, well, first off, I give Commissioner Petiti a lot of credit. You know, he, our new commissioner, I think he started in May, and uh, he's done such a great job communicating with the athletic directors, uh, with our presidents and chancellors. And ultimately, at the end of the day, this is a vote by our presidents and chancellors. And, and there's no doubt that Commissioner Petiti involves the athletic directors. He gives us updates. He provides us with information. And, and, and when you talked about when you're at Big Ten football media days, how you felt like there was not going to be any movement. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When, when I was at Boise State, we were in the Big East Conference for about five minutes. And um, <laughs> and Boise was going to play football at the time. They were a BCS conference. You're going way back, now, yeah, back to 2012. And Boise State was trying to get in one of those major conferences. And and I remember I used to do a pregame television interview on the sideline before kickoff. So imagine that being done here at Minnesota, yeah. by the way. Yeah. But I'm doing a, a pregame show with the local NBC affiliate. And uh, the reporter asked me about conference realignment. I said, oh, I think conference realignment's done. There's not going to be any more realignment. Everything's good. We're all settled. And about two hours later, Maryland Rutgers were being announced to the Big Ten and sent that shockwave <laughs> through college athletics. So I've learned to keep my mouth shut on conference yeah. realignment and when it's going to happen or not happen. Uh, but, but I can tell you, you know, obviously the Pac-12 uh, was going through uh, a TV negotiation with their multimedia rights and their TV rights, and they were having a hard time securing a TV deal. And I think as long as they were having a, a hard time establishing a, a media deal, and USC and UCLA were such a big part of that previous TV deal. So when they left and came to the Big Ten, I think that put the Pac-12 in a really tough spot. So I'm not surprised to see uh, Washington and Oregon come to the Big Ten. I think it makes great, great sense from a TV perspective. I think from an academic perspective, they're both really good, strong academic institutions that fit the Big Ten footprint from an academic perspective. Uh, selfishly, it gives USC and UCLA travel partners now out yeah. So instead of those guys having to come back four or five times to play football games, uh, they can now go up and down the coast, the same with their Olympic sports and their basketball programs. And so the Big Ten did a really good job of giving information out to the athletic directors. And, you know, our concern is, as you know, Mike, these decisions are driven by football. I mean, football is such a big, big piece of this inventory. Uh, but the Big Ten did a really nice job of talking to the um, the, the 14 members that, hey, you're not going to have to go out west any more than one time a year. Uh, that may be different for men's and women's basketball because, you know, we just have different schedules, but for your Olympic sports. And so they're very mindful of the student-athlete travel impacts. We're very mindful of what it's going to do to the student-athletes at, at those four schools on the West Coast. So we're trying to minimize the travel as much as possible, but I think it's good for the Big Ten. I think it's exciting for college athletics, and if you ask me if I think expansion's over, I don't. I think there's going to be more changes. I don't know when or who or how, but I think there will be more changes, uh, but I'm very grateful every day that Minnesota is a legacy member of the Big Ten Conference, uh, and we're in a really, really good spot. Yeah, the Big Ten is certainly driving the, the one, of the, one of the two conferences, it seems, it's kind of the, the lead on this in terms of expansion and organizing. Um, that was my theory all along was I just didn't see any way USC and UCLA could join and have the closest road game be Lincoln, Nebraska, which is what, you know, 1800 or 2000. I don't know what the geography is. It's a long trip. Yeah. We, make, we make that trip. We did Oregon State in PJ's first year. Uh, we did USC in basketball one year. We did USC in Jerry Kill's first year here too. Um, and that's a long trip once. You know, to to have to do that a few times, even if it's football. The other, we'll talk about the others too. But my theory all along was, I, I don't know how that's possible. Maybe USC and USC just want to own the West Coast, and that's fine. And that's why I was even asking at Big Ten. I'm like, they got to add somebody out west, and people are like, that's not what we're hearing, not what we're hearing. And then eventually, I think TV probably also said Oregon and Washington, like Oregon, Minnesota becomes a nice game. Oregon. 
or a Minnesota Oregon becomes a good game. You know, Wisconsin Oregon becomes a good game. I mean, that adds some value to this thing. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and again, TV. You know, our media partners. They're such a big part of what we do. And and you know, I think people understand. You know, like at Minnesota, for example, we we have three sports that generate revenue and make money for us. Yeah. Right. You know, the football, men's basketball, and men's hockey. And we use that media revenue to offset all of our all of our sports, all 22 programs. So it's important that those media values continue to grow, so we can continue to provide a first class experience to all. Of our student athletes, and again, uh, I think Mike, you're exactly right. You know, with it gives travel partners to USC and, and UCLA, so again, they don't have to come back here as much as possible with all their other sports as well as football. And then I think when you saw the Big 12 with their expansion, you know, when Colorado left, I think that kind of created a crack in the Pac-12 right. a little bit further right. And then you heard the rumblings with Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, which are now going to the Big 12. So there's no doubt there's going to be a lot of changes. This all goes into place next August. I think August 2nd is the official date that they all become members of the Big 10 Conference. So we'll find out here, I, I think, in maybe mid-October, late October, who will be playing in 2024 in football. Yeah. And you and I may have two new road trips on our schedule <laughs> next year. It's, we might be in Seattle or Eugene. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll which which out is there. fine. That's my that's that's become my theory when people ask me about it. Um, because tradition, you know, look, I'm a traditionalist. You know, you and I grew up in Big Ten country. So for for me, and I think you would agree, like the Rose Bowl to me was that that that's the deal. Like, like you want to, if you're a Big Ten school, uh, I mean, the NCAA tournament's a, a, a different deal. That, that's you know you but you can make that tournament from any conference if you wanted to play in the Rose Bowl you had to be in one of two leagues and forever that was a deal well that whether this expansion happened or not so this is just Mike Grimm talking the Rose Bowl as we knew it is going to be over when they go to the 12 team expansion and and so once that was out the window I kind of looked at it selfishly knowing that you know I'm fortunate to travel I'm like you know what this is great. Yeah, let's go do a game at LA Coliseum. Let's go to Husky Stadium. Let's let's play a game in Eugene once every now and then. Um, no offense to West Lafayette or Champaign. We've been there enough, though, right? I mean, it uh, you know, because to me it was nice. Yeah, let's stay the Big Ten the way it is. Let's win it sometime and go to Pasadena. Well, that that part of it, the Rose Bowl itself, is no longer kind of what it is. So I'm I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, yeah, you know, you know, you bring up good points, Mike, and and uh, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I had to go through self-reflection. If, if, yeah. And what I mean by that is. Um, you know, growing up in the Midwest like you, growing up in the, the heart of Big Ten country, your goal is to get to the Rose Bowl. And it's you, the and, I granddaddy, both, you yeah. and I both grew up in, at a place where when 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 that program went, it hadn't gone in a long, long time. Right. And, and we saw how special it was to that state, what it meant no to question. the people of that state. And and my wife, uh, Kristen, and, and our daughter, Gracie, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to them about, you know, I want to be an athletic director in the Big Ten. I want to go to the Rose Bowl. Yes. And it's different now, right? Yeah. And, and to your point, change is the one constant. We have to embrace it. And, and I'm excited. I've had a chance when I was at Boise State, we played out at, at Husky Stadium. Awesome facility, awesome environment. It's right on Lake Washington. Gopher fans are going to love to go out there for a game. I've been to Eugene. I haven't been there for a football game, but I've been to Eugene for other athletic events. Awesome stadium, awesome environment. You know, the Coliseum and then playing in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. So it's going to be great trips for our student athletes, great trip for our fans. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to have a huge impact on the Big Ten in a positive way and on Minnesota. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that um, the Gophers would never play in the Rose Bowl, one, if they play at UCLA, it'll be a regular season game. And two, with a 12-team expansion, now 12-team playoff, and depending on how all this expansion goes, there's a pathway that the Gophers could still play in that game. It just wouldn't be a January 1st New Year's Bowl game. Correct. It, it would be. It, there is a pathway to get there, and, and I can 
tell you and all of our Gopher fans, PJ and I talk every day about getting in the 12-team playoff and what do we have to do to take the next step with our program, which excites me about PJ and being here. So the Rose Bowl is still out there. Uh, it'll be part of that CFP expansion, the playoffs expansion. And again, we look forward to having the opportunity to play out there against UCLA, but more importantly, trying to get in that CFP and playing a playoff game. Yeah, there. for sure. And I wonder too, with the with the expansion West, if someday the Big Ten championship game might not be a possibility, even at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I know I've seen some reports that even uh, Las Vegas might be in the mix there, but Big Ten championship game at the Rose Bowl would be kind of cool. That'd be phenomenal. I think we'd all take the weather out there, yeah, wouldn't we? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, with the expansion now, um, divisions are gone. So this, as we talk and record, this is the final year of the Big Ten West. However, I wonder when it gets to 18 and you get, if you play nine league games, that means you're going to play just more than half of the potential teams. Is there, do you think there'll be a plan in place to get back to a divisional format or a pods or something? Yeah, you know, uh, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I can't predict the future. I, right. I know right now we have not talked about any divisions or pods. Again, if there's more realignment, that could totally change. Sure. So I don't want to mislead you and say yeah, yeah. absolutely not. But but right now, the answer is absolutely not. We, we haven't had any conversations about bringing back divisions. You know, I know the Big Ten Commissioner Petiti, uh, Kerry Kenny, who's the deputy commissioner, have been very focused on making sure that student athletes have a chance to play each team in the Big Ten and try to go to each stadium if possible during their tenure on campus. Yeah. So we have scheduling parameters in place where, again, we would like for, you know, if Mike Grimm came to Minnesota to play football, you had a chance to play in Washington Stadium or play them at home and vice versa and those type of things. So uh, I don't see those divisions coming back right now. But again, if there's more addition, more expansion, that may completely change. I didn't mislead you. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. Right no, now, totally. Right no now, one knows, yeah, right? Right yeah. now, I think, uh, you know, this is the last year of the West. I know uh, PJ's excited about that in terms of, hey, we have one more chance in the West to, to, to get to Indianapolis and, and represent our institution in the West Division. And I know he's excited and gets started with Nebraska on Thursday night. There's usually five road games in a, in a Big Ten conference football schedule regular season. Then you hope you have a bowl game and, you know, you hope you have a conference title game trip and all those things. Um, and that's manageable, even if it's a, you know, like we said, the trip to, you know, Oregon's fine. Um, but I wonder uh, with these Olympic sports, uh, cross country, volleyball. I mean, this is a lot of travel. Some of these are weeknight games, basketball too, really. Um, uh, how how do you foresee budget-wise even? I know there's going to be a new windfall of money, which we'll talk about the TV deal, but um, the concern of, you know, the, these are students, and I know there's some thoughts along those lines. What do you think the ADs, presidents, and, and commissioner will, uh, you know, try to help with that? Yeah, well, was, as I mentioned earlier briefly, Mike, when, when we had the conversation about going from 16 to 18 teams, uh, the Big Ten did a phenomenal job of communicating out to all the institutions of, what potential schedules would look like. And, and I can tell you the presidents, the chancellors, uh, the athletic directors, our senior women administrators, which is Julie Manning here yeah. in Minnesota, our faculty athletic reps, uh, Don Dingle, Francis Holmans, we all talked about trying to mitigate the travel as much as possible. And, you know, right now, you've been with our basketball program. You know, we're at Rutgers, we're at Maryland, we're back here, we're at West Lafayette, we're in Bl- I mean, there's a lot of travel. Charter flights help, yeah, no question. Yeah, charter right? flights. And, and, I'm, and I'm not sure fans understand the amount of travel that our student athletes have to do. So, as I mentioned, earlier, you know, the conference felt like, uh, felt very confident that for our Olympic sports that they would only have to make one trip out west. 
a year. So that means, you know, and if you think about a lot of our Olympic sports go out west anyway, especially our spring sports because of the sure, weather here. No they can get out to Arizona. They can get out to California, play softball, baseball early in the season. So that's not new to us. We've, we've done that with a lot of our sports. Our, our rowing team goes out and trains in San Diego every year, so they go out west. Um, our swimming team goes down to Florida. They train down there. They go out to California. They've been to Hawaii to train. So, again, I don't think the travel uh, will be that much different than what it is right now. Um, it will be much different, I think. Think for the student athletes at Oregon, uh, Washington, USC, and UCLA, right. and so how do we mitigate that on their side? And I think that's something we have to look at. But you know, for example, and, and, and I have no scoop. I'm not giving you breaking news. But you know, if you think about it, you know, baseball. Why why couldn't go for baseball? Go out to the West Coast and play those teams. Uh, you know, over a long weekend during spring break or during winter break. You know, and you could do Big Ten games early no in the year yeah. with the weather, right? And that would eliminate some of the travel that those teams would have to come back here. Are the same with softball, uh, the golf programs, and so forth. You know, as you know, you don't really you don't really play head to head Big Ten golf against each right. other until you get to the Big Ten tournament or championship. And how does that look like? What does that look like? So I think you will see some ways to mitigate some of the travel, but there's no doubt that's that's top of mind of everyone. And to make sure we try to manage that travel as much as possible for the student athletes, and then also for the financial impact. As you mentioned, you know, there's a cost to fly out west. Um, there's a cost and to you charter. Got, yep, yeah. you got to manage that. So those are all things we have to we have to balance. For forever, the Big Ten, the Gophers have kind of been on the outskirts, right? Well, the Penn State radio guy Steve Jones and I joke we're the Minnesota and Penn State for years had kind of been the two outliers where um, you know, well, we got to clear out there, or clear out here. Nebraska joined, so that was another one to, to kind of pump in. But now uh, with Minneapolis being a major hub, we're really in the middle of the thing now, which is kind of interesting, you know. We're, we're in a great spot, yeah. and, and again, you know, um, you know, PJ, we. we had an elite fun dinner a few weeks ago. Uh, I think you were there, I, or did I not see? I can't I, remember. I, I, I was saw, not there. No. You probably big time. Yeah, but we, sure. we had an elite fun dinner, <laughs> and uh, and uh, PJ made a great comment. He's like, "I wake up every day thanking the good Lord I'm in the Big Ten." Yeah. And, and again, there's there's a lot to be said for Minnesota being a legacy member in the Big Ten Conference because it provides such great stability for our conference, such great stability for our institution, and gives our student athletes a lot of opportunities. Well, this TV deal does bring in a windfall of money, and uh, I, I I think I. Know the answer to this. Um, we're, we'll talk specifics of the TV deal, um, but with all this money, I think people immediately say, "Well, okay, all these problems have been solved." I say problems. You had to go through with COVID. You, being the department, had to go through COVID and and the uh, you know the the setback financially through that. Um, as you mentioned, it's really three sports funding the other ones, and so there's still rising cost with everything. So, are all our problems solved now, or how much of a fight now do you still have to have, even with the extra money, to to make sure? You know, you provide or uh, get to the point where all your sports are remaining competitive. Yeah, well, well you've heard me say this before. Uh, money's not the most important thing in college athletics, but it's right up there with oxygen. <laughs> I, I have never yes. forgotten that line, yeah. and and there's never enough money. I, I mean, Mike, the, the pressure that we face at Minnesota and across the country is absolutely bonkers right now, and and the costs continue to go up. I mean, uh, airfare, travel, hotel, lodging, meals, all those things go up, uh, right? You know, when, um, when tuition increases, we pay for those scholarships. Yeah. Uh, so those all in impact our program. And, and you know, the nice saying, obviously, we're, we're starting year one of a new TV agreement and our new TV partners, of course, are Fox, which we've been with, uh, NBC, which will be our Saturday night window for football, CBS Saturday afternoon. Uh, th- there's no doubt that that TV will impact us in a great way. But if you look at how college athletics is changing, you know, from the transfer portal, which means our coaches are recruiting nonstop, mm-hmm. 24-7. So they're traveling much, much more from a recruiting standpoint. We just talked about the expansion of the conference and going east to west. I mean, we're 
we're going from New York City to LA to Washington now to Seattle, right? So there's going to be a lot more travel on that side of it and, and trying to manage that. You look at Champions for Life, which is where student athletes can earn up to $6,000 a year on academic performance and academic incentives. That it was a Supreme Court ruling. You know, the, um, People don't hand us money. We have to take that through our budget. Right. And then, you know, you talk about COVID. You know, our COVID loan, we have about $15.3 million left on that loan that we're paying back to campus. Uh, campus has been a great partner with us. So we'll use our TV money to help offset that loan and that debt service and those payments. And, of course, you know, we, we've got the, um, you know, Athletes Village, which is a great project. We're still continuing to fundraise for that. We have new video boards at, at Huntington Bank Stadium that will debut on Thursday night. We're continuing to pay for those. Hockey renovations that we're doing, you know, we have to replace it. It's, it's not sexy, but we have to replace the ice plant uh, mm-hmm. because the Freon system needs to replace in both arenas, you know, that to the tune of about $15 million. So it's real money, things that we continue to, to spend on, again, to provide a great experience for our student athletes. And then you also have like, I don't want to say it's artificial, but capitalism is is here too, where um, other programs may be bringing in more ticket revenue or more local radio rights or what have you. Um, and they're paying their coaches this amount. And now all of a sudden, even if it, you know, now all of a sudden you're, uh, well, let's, in an example, hockey, um, Bob Motzko, you know, good, nice pay. Now the Wisconsin coach comes in from Mankato State and boom, oh, that money. You're like, well, this guy just went to two frozen fours. Just like that, you're probably going to have to give him a raise somehow. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm saying it just all of a sudden falls in your lap, right? That... Okay. Yeah. First off, I need you to stop talking to Bob <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> no, Bob, Bob, and his Bob, agent, right? Yeah, yeah. and his agent. Uh, Bob is his agent, which yeah, is great. But yeah, but good, Bob yes. is Bob is great to deal with, and, and obviously we've been talking to Bob about a contract. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I'm but just, I use that as an example. But somebody like if PJ drops down a 10 win season, somebody that has a bigger budget might come after him, and you're going to have to, even if not. You, you still might have to uh, boost him. Yeah, you, you know, people uh, people don't believe me. As you know, we've extended PJ each year. Yeah, there's a reason why we've extended PJ each year. People have come after him. Yeah. It's just part of what he's done. And again, if you take a step back and watch what he's done with our program on the field and off the field, it's bonkers. I mean, you've been around it a it, long it, time. It really I is, mean, yeah. highest grade point average ever, highest graduation rate ever, most wins since 1903 to 1905. That's a long time ago. You know. It's our job to do everything we can to keep them here. And PJ loves being here. You know, he and Heather building a new house. I think they move in a year from now. So that, that's been giving us some leverage, right? We yeah. hopefully have them here in a new house. That's, but, but you're exactly right. And, you know, and if you look at the pay, and uh, I am not complaining at all. So I, I don't want anybody to think we're complaining at all. But when you look at the pay of our coaches across the board, um, we're not near the top of the Big Ten. You know, I think PJ's 10 out of 14. Uh, the, the four schools coming in will all be ahead of him in pay. Uh, so those are things we have to compete with. And those are resources we need to generate. I think Ohio State makes more on one football game than we make all year. Yeah, uh, th- That's the reality. We compete with those people, right? Uh, so we've got to do everything we can. Our budget ranks ninth in the Big Ten, maybe 10th in the Big Ten with the 14 schools. Uh, when you add the new schools, uh, we'll probably be in that 10, 11, 12 range with the, those new schools. So yeah, it's there's lots of issues. We need to continue to be good stewards of the resources we've been blessed with and make sure we invest it the right way. From the TV contract itself, though, you mentioned this triple header, which is kind of, I don't think, it, I think it's unprecedented for any conference to have what, what uh, the Big Ten was able to negotiate, almost an NFL-style triple header on three different networks on a Saturday. Over the air, free TV for anyone that can find rabbit ears. Um, you're going to get a, a big noon game on Fox. You're going to get a beautiful Saturday afternoon game on CBS and then a primetime under the lights game on, uh, on NBC, which is, which is awesome. 
Yeah, you, you know, uh, Commissioner Warren, our previous commissioner, obviously spent all that time with the Vikings and the NFL. Yeah. Now back as the president of the Chicago Bears, you know, he he was very big in those TV negotiations. And as you just said, Mike, it's very similar to the NFL model. So again, uh, Big Ten fans will have that noon window on Fox. They'll have the three thirty, and these are all Eastern times. So three thirty window on CBS. Uh, this first year with CBS, they're calling it a stub year because the CBS still has the SEC yeah. and the Big Ten. So you see a combination of games. I think Rutgers and Northwestern. Are the first game on Sunday, actually, this Sunday. Yep. Uh, they'll play the first Big Ten game on CBS. And then you have NBC, uh, that 7.30 night game following the Notre Dame broadcast in the afternoon. So again, it's unbelievable exposure for our conference. Uh, nice revenue coming in for our conference to help offset all those expenses we just identified in the previous question. We're going to talk name, image, and likeness here in just a moment. But first, let me talk about one of our new sponsors for the football season. You've heard me talking about them now for a little more than a month. Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. Great craft beer with a big selection and big flavor. I like the no funny stuff beer. It's a little more on the lighter side. That's more my flavor for beer, but hey, they have all the big flavors beer lovers crave as well. The IPAs, the uh, hazy IPAs, all of those things. I'm just pumped that this cool place with a cool vibe is on board with our podcast. And I also want you to start taking a look at the calendar, the week of the Michigan game. That's the first week of October. The battle for the little brown jug. We're going to do a live podcast from Head Flyer Brewing that week. Stay tuned we're still working out some specifics on the date and some of our guests, but we're going to have a fun show there one of the nights that week for the Go Gopher podcast. Let's show Head Flyer Brewing the power of gold country, and let's fill that place up that first week of October for the Go Gopher podcast. We'll get you all the details, but for now, plan to come see us that week at Head Flyer Brewing. We'll have some special guests. There'll be some beer specials. We'll have a big night heading into the big game. Head Flyer Brewing, just a mile and a half from the Gopher football stadium. Hey, this week, the season opener stop in pre-game or post-game or both and when there's a road game come and watch the maroon and gold on one of the big screen tvs they have a big projector there as well it's head flyer brewing stop by this week for the start of college football season take a flyer head flyer brewing hi gopher fans switching is easy we do it all the time we switch on lights we switch tv channels we switch on the tv and with the new transfer portal some college students even switch colleges which can seem crazy to us diehard fans but what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with state farm in fact my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today my team is ready to welcome you to the state farm neighborhood and show you it is in fact easy to switch and save when you want the real deal check us out at champlininsurance.com like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Mark Coyle with us. Uh, we're going to shift gears now to name, image, and likeness on the Go Gopher podcast. We we just referenced all the, the additional money, but all the expenses. And now name, image, and likeness. And I'm not even going to go down the pay for play, which would then put more on your plate, which may be a reality sometime down the road. Um, but how much of a factor is this now? Even like, So you need boosters. Um, ha- has the approach changed now at Minnesota? Now that you've got a year and a half or so under your belt, I know you guys were cautiously moving on to make sure, you, one, you were doing it the right way, two, learn the lay of the land, so to speak. Um, how do you approach boosters now? Because, as you mentioned, you got the, uh, the the Athletes Village still to pay off. you got hockey. you got some other things that you still want donations coming in, but you also have boosters who want to help fund student-athlete 
wellness. Yeah, you, you know, no doubt. You know, remember reading the book, uh, Catch-22, that phrase, Catch-22. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I tell people we are in the ultimate Catch-22. And, and what I mean by that, and, and I really appreciate the word you use, cautious. Uh, we've been incredibly cautious with name, image, and likeness. Um, we, I give Jeremiah Carter, who's our new senior associate athletics director for NIL and policy, uh, used to be our compliance director. I give him a lot of credit. He's been leading our efforts, and we've made sure that we've done everything the right way. We're not giving false promises to kids. We're doing things the right way. We have a great partnership with Digitown Athletes. I encourage fans, listeners, to go to digitownathletes.com and look how you can get involved with names and likeness. I think for as little as $10 a month, you can become a subscriber. And it's and, a factor. And, and, and it is a huge, huge factor. And what I mean by the catch-22 is... Um, you have successful fundraising when you're winning. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's volleyball, soccer, football, basketball, hockey, swimming and diving. If you're winning, you have success. And right now, name and likeness is a huge, huge part of that success. And so if Gopher fans want our teams to continue to be successful, to take the next step, if you will, and compete on the national level, we have to embrace name and likeness. It's a great opportunity for our student athletes. Our student athletes are doing real work with name and likeness. And again, I encourage fans to go to Dingytown athletes. And, you know, if just a small portion of our fans would become annual members, we could generate significant revenue that would allow PJ, Ben, Don, Aaron Chastain, Keegan Cook, Bob Mosco. It would allow all of our coaches to compete in that space because it's our new reality. And, and I promise you, our peers, our competitors aren't slowing down. They're going 100 miles an hour. We're catching up. We're being very cautious, doing it the right way. But it is the future of college athletics, and we've got to embrace it. That catch-22 that, you know, it helps when you win, but to win, you need the money to, to help the NIL. Is there a catch-22, too, in regard to how you ask boosters for money? You know, some boosters may say, I want my name on the side of a building. Some may say, I want the starting quarterback to make a million dollars. Just throw, you know, a dumb figure out there. But how do you how do you approach the boosters then from that catch-22 as to where the money should go if they want to help support the program? Yeah, well, well Mike, I'm really proud of Dusty Clemens and our Golden Gopher Fund staff, uh, Jeremiah and others, because we are being completely transparent and honest with people. Uh, uh, as you know, when I worked here from 2001 to five, I went to Kentucky and overdid fundraising, oversaw fundraising for seven years at Kentucky, and I never fundraised in my life. And what I learned there is if you're authentic and honest with people, they're going to believe in what you're doing. So we continue to talk to people about the importance of giving to scholarships, to academic growth, to our elite fund, if you will, to our dunkers fund, those type of funds that help our programs. At the same time, we talked to them, hey, if you do have an interest in and working with a student athlete, having a student athlete work with your business to promote your business and so forth. Here's ways you can connect that way. So at the end of the day, you always let the donors decide what they want to do. Uh, we want to make sure that we provide them with all the opportunities we can. Uh, Dusty Columbus and our Golden Gopher Fund staff have done a wonderful job. We continue to have record fundraising with our GGF folks, and we need to continue to build up our NIL initiatives with Dingytown Athletes because that is the future. And, and again, if we want to take the next step as an athletic program, we have to have a strong NIL program and Dinkytown Athletes is a way to do that. Dinkytown Athletes is uh, the NIL, uh, the partner, official partner. Collective, right. Uh, Let me quick get our last sponsor mention of the podcast. And you've heard me talking about this new sponsor now, just starting this month. Gentlemen, we all know first impressions matter, and those first impressions can be harder as you get older. I'm getting a little bit to that age right now, about to turn 53, and hoping Father Time's not about to catch me. As you've heard me talk about for a few weeks now, our new Go Gopher podcast sponsor, 
Caldera Lab is a leader in the men's skincare game. Clinical trials, research, top-tier ingredients. It's a program that works. I've been using the products on my face and around my neck now for about a month, and I can see the difference. I really can through just a month. I'm using what they call the regimen. It's a twice-daily routine to help keep my skin, especially around my face and neck, looking young. The regimen includes three products. The Clean Slate, it starts and ends your day, refreshing and cleaning your skin in a unique way. Then it's the Base Layer, that moisturizes your face and neck and starts your day with confidence. And finally, The Good. It's a nighttime serum that helps smooth the skin through more than 3 million antioxidant units to protect. Go Go for podcast listeners can save 20% right now when you use the promo code GOLD, G-O-L-D, when ordering on calderalab.com. That's promo code GOLD at calderalab.com. It's their best offer available anywhere, and it's for Gopher fans as part of Caldera Lab's partnership here with the Go Gopher podcast. Again, promo code GOLD, G-O-L-D, at calderalab.com. Make those first impressions count. Okay, you uh, have a meeting to get to, so let me, uh, let's play a little uh, rapid fire here. Uh, Don Plitzowite, I think five, six months now. You hired her back in late March. Uh, you're a, they're in Europe playing, I think they're coming back soon. Greece. Actually got back yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, got okay, back so yesterday. Greece and Croatia, they had three exhibitions. A lot of excitement right there. Uh, yeah, uh, Dawn, uh, I tell people she reminds me of PJ Fleck. I agree. Uh, she, she is awesome. She has laser focus, uh, boundless energy, uh, is absolutely focused on our student athletes, providing them with a great experience. Um, I know uh, Julie Manning, our, our deputy athletic director, uh, athletic director, traveled with them overseas and just talked about the, the positive energy, the excitement on the bench as she coaches the games. And, and I feel like we have hired a really good coach. Yeah. And, and again, I think she's going to have a huge impact. And she's been uh, so great in our department uh, when we uh, were in the national championship game against Quinnipiac and Mintz hockey right at face off i'm getting a picture from dawn in a gopher hockey jersey with a gopher hockey hat on at a bar celebrating the gophers and she's been here like a month so she's all in she's excited to be here and i expect great things with our women's basketball program yeah it's it's i've been i've enjoyed watching uh men's basketball ben johnson um he enters year three maybe the number of wins haven't been where some folks would like we'd all like to see more wins what's your what's your feeling on on men's basketball as they'll get going here uh well they're already starting some of this once school gets back into session yeah no doubt you know i i, I I hope people, I, I tell people all the time, nobody wants to win more than Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. I promise you that, right? And, and and I am so grateful for the work that Ben does. He does it the right way. He represents our program the right way. We talked about NIL in the men's basketball space. That is your lifeline. You've got to have a healthy NIL collective program. And if you look at some of the kids who are going in the transfer portal, some of the kids who are signing with programs, you're seeing big NIL deals. And again, you may agree or disagree with it, but that's reality. Yeah. And again, for us to continue to take that next step and for us to continue to progress, we need to continue to build our NIL program. And we've had donors who stepped up. I, I want to make sure people understand, Mike, we've had people who have stepped up and helped our program, but he has a good a good young roster in place. Those freshmen are now sophomores. You know how much they grow in yeah. one year. Uh, we've got some good kids that came in this year, so we expect uh, to see improvement in that program. And, and again, there's no doubt in my mind, Ben Johnson's the right person. We'll get where we need to get to, but we have to give him the tools necessary to compete, and NIL is a big part of that. Last one I think is kind of a fun one, as we've talked about uh, each time you've been on this show and oftentimes over the years, we grew up about 45, 50 miles from each other in Iowa, and I think this Thursday night when Minnesota plays Nebraska, I think about the two athletic directors who, if my numbers are right, you grew up about two miles apart, and you're two years apart. Trev Alberts, NU High Cedar Falls, you're Waterloo Columbus, Waterloo Iowa, the kind of the twin cities of eastern Iowa, and here you are Thursday night. uh, how, How have you got 
much have you gotten to know Trev? Do you remember him? Because um, I'm his age. I remember him. He was, I think, the number one recruit in the state of Iowa when he went to Nebraska and broke Hayden Fry's heart. Yeah, unfortunately, Mark Coyle was not the number one recruit in Iowa <laughs> two years before. Uh, but yeah, you no, won the state title. I, yeah, we we'd, against your high school. We yeah. played your high school. Yeah. You'll have to let listeners yeah. know about that. But, uh, you know, uh, Trev, I did know his name, obviously, when when, uh, when I was growing up and so forth. And, you know, he and I have developed a really good relationship when, uh, when he was at the athletic director at University of Nebraska Omaha for a long time. I got to know him a little bit on the hockey side because UNO has sure. a big hockey program. And then when he got the AD job uh, at Nebraska and Lincoln, uh, he and I have had a chance to spend time with each other. And we always joke that we have to time our trip back to Waterloo to Cedar Falls at the same time to go grab a meal sometime at a restaurant. I'm not sure you can join us. We'll find a good restaurant. I'm not sure what the best <laughs> restaurant is in Waterloo, Cedar Falls, but we can get back there. But but it's really neat. Um, you know, he's got family back there. My mom's still back in Waterloo. So I know he gets back there uh, quite a bit. I get back there quite a bit to spend some time there. And it, if you think about it, it's really unique. You know, you've, you've got Trev, you've got me, uh, Bob Bowlesby, the former commissioner Waterloo, of the Big yeah. 12 is a Waterloo guy. So there's a lot of little unique connections there. But but Trev uh, is a good person. He and I exchanged texts over the weekend uh, with them coming to town. I want to make sure that they need anything to let me know. And we just talked about our friendship and how much we appreciate each other. And it'll be good to see Trev on Thursday night. I don't know if it's still there, but years ago, wasn't it the Brown Bottle was the place to go in Waterloo? I think I took my homecoming date to the I Brown Bottle. So, yeah, so if right? it's still there, we could uh, downtown <laughs> Waterloo. We could hit that place and check it out. So. Well, I know you have a meeting on campus. Uh, it's uh, always enjoyable to chat, to catch up. Thursday night, I can't wait. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate you, Mike. All right, there he is. Mark Coyle, Athletic Director, University of Minnesota, Episode 85. I hope you enjoyed my visit with Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle as much as I did. A lot of great info and great insight here on a variety of Gopher-related topics. Episode number 85 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Cub has joined us as one of our primary sponsors as well. Cub is the official grocer of Gopher Athletics. We're thrilled to have them on board, a great company with great people, and of course, great stores all over the state. And welcome aboard to new sponsor Headflyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, just a mile and a half from the stadium. Stop in for great tasting craft beer tonight. And don't forget Headflyer Brewing is a pregame and postgame spot for Gopher football for all of the home games. Also, don't forget to use the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D, when you join me in ordering great men's skincare products at calderalab.com. Proud to have them with us on the Go Gopher podcast, calderalab.com. We're also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click that subscribe button right now to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. Again, my thanks to Mark Coyle. He's a busy man. He spent a lot of time with us to talk to you Gopher fans. We'll talk again. Episode 86 is next week. Thank you.